Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we're able to come together again to worship you. We pray, Lord, today that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us today. Uh, we like to frame our announcements in our five practices, uh, so we'll go ahead and get going. First one is radical hospitality. We do what we can to try to be friendly as you walk in the door. So I hope you notice the coffee and the donuts in the back. We have a security check-in station for your children if they're fifth grade or below, and um, restrooms are right here should you need them. Uh, we're also trying to improve our boards around campus that have uh, announcements, newsletters, flyers all over them. Uh, to be honest, for two years I've obsessed about making the digital version of what we say the best it can be and the brightest it can be and the most accurate it can be. Um, we're going to go around with that same intensity now and make sure our bulletin boards are up. So as you go back in the sanctuary, I know a number of 
you go uh, to either service. I hope you notice um, that the boards are updated and will continue to be updated uh, also in our five practices. Uh, we believe in passionate worship. And as I mentioned uh, just uh, before, we are back in the sanctuary today. It's a big, big deal. We tore the plaster down to the nubs, pulled, uh, made brand new plaster back. I think we've um, repaired it as we could throughout the years. It's completely uh, replaced and um, painted it with a beautiful white paint. It really uh, pops compared to the paint that was before. And uh, what I want you to notice is in the bulletin we have a thank you for the people uh, who did everything that they did, um, the shifting of the pews back and forth every time one of those... Um, scaffolding, rolling scaffolding deals went down the, the um, length of the sanctuary, all those pews had to be moved over. And then it came back, and they had to all move back, and then, and then it came around again every time, and then bolted back down. I don't know if you know that they, all of them are bolted uh, to the ground. We had a generous donation uh, to help us um, paint the sanctuary. Um, everybody who put their heart into making that what it is, um, Dallas and John Craig, our trustees, um, put a great deal of work in, and it's going to be fun to go back today. Uh, what that means for you? we got to put our seats back after worship today. Y'all just walked out of here just easy. Uh, we got to put them back now. Um, make sure that we um, set that up. Uh, we believe in intentional faith development. I don't advertise this um, all the time, but it's something that we do almost every week, unless there's a holiday or some sort of uh, strange event. Um, I do a podcast every week. It's about 15 or 20 minutes. It's called the Sunday Scripture Podcast. It's on Twitter. It's at uh, S-U-N-S-C-R podcast. You can find it there, and then you'll know when there's a new episode episode. Uh, you can find it uh, anywhere uh, on the iTunes, on, on iTunes, not the iTunes. You can go on the podcast app on your phone and search it. Um, and it sets you up for what's coming on Sunday. And if you're going to miss Sunday altogether, I think it's an uh, excellent thing that helps you understand what we talked about that particular Sunday. Um, also with intentional faith development, the youth are having open gym tonight. It starts at 5 o'clock and it's over at 6.30. And typically we give them pizza. We won't give them pizza tonight. We're just going to play in the gym. Uh, so if you uh, youth want to make sure you come tonight and have fun. We believe in risk taking mission and service. And today uh, we have an announcement for a new project in our church. Um, Kevin and Laurie Cummings are here from Flower Mound, Texas as a gift as a guest from the uh, Hobuses. Um, but we're going to have that as part of the sermon. But we also are blessing our Sockahatchee folks as they go forward. We will host Sockahatchee groups um, for a meal every day this week. And we will send people uh, to a Sockahatchee group. This is a um, South Carolina United Methodist group that has probably more than 20, 25, more than 30 sites all over our state who spend a week helping people uh, in their homes uh, get repaired. Uh, we believe in extravagant generosity, and you'll see uh, that segment on the back two pages of your bulletin. Uh, bulletins now are combined for both worship services. You'll see everything we do uh, in one bulletin, and you see that report. We're grateful for that. Um, one extra, uh, we said this week um, Aaron was out, our children's director. Um, she's back as of tomorrow. This week Leslie is out. So if you have any questions for Leslie, write Aaron or write me. And then in one more week I'll be out. So if you have any questions in two weeks, write Aaron or Leslie. We're just going to shift it every week uh, for about four weeks and then we'll get it set. Uh, Garner Brooks is our intern uh, this summer and he's going to pray for us and next week he's going to preach for us. Uh, I'll still be here and um, be the liturgist but I encourage you to come and hear uh, what Garner has to say.
you'll get to hear what true wisdom I've learned from uh, Pastor Joe over here. So, yep. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Thank you, God, that you are the same God today that made a promise to Abraham. And thank you that you are fulfilling that promise today. And thank you for your abounding love and mercy that hears our cries and reaches out to the helpless. Thank you that you have a heart for all nations. And please use us as one's dead to sin and alive to you to extend your forgiveness to the hurt and bring the nations to worship you. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So today is the last time we're talking about Romans. We've talked about letters um, basically this entire spring. We're going to, um, starting next week, we'll use uh, gospel lessons all the way through the summer up till Advent. Uh, and we're finishing, I think, with an interesting one. It's Romans 6, and it's Paul um, speaking to the church that he's created. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about two very different motivational styles or tools. So that's your first phrase, two motivational tools. You think, um, what is more likely to motivate you, to motivate your group? What's more likely to motivate students? What's more likely to motivate athletes? What's more likely to motivate seniors? A do not, a um, threat, or a uh, call to be a better person? A call to say, hey, it's simple. Just do good things. Just say helpful things. Just do helpful things. And we're going to look at um, both of those options uh, in the text today. So your first image. Pool rules. Lots of no's there. And why are there those rules on that side? Because someone has brought glass into the pool. Someone has accidentally tripped over it and smashed it because it was out in the way. Can't see glass because it's clear. And then someone's hurt. Uh, no food because it attracts ants, because it falls in the pool, because there's all sorts of um, nasty stuff that can happen with it. No diving. Um, we're just desperate to be reckless when we're around water. We don't want to look and see if it's 3 feet or 5 feet or 10 feet or 12 feet. Just go diving in, hoping it will work out. So that rule is trying to help people. Uh, no running. Are you insane? Are you insane? Just tell a bunch of four, five, six, seven-year-olds, when you're around the pool, walk at a leisurely pace. What do you do when they tell the three, four, five, six, seven-year-olds to walk around the pool? What do they do? They do like that Olympic. You ever see the Olympic speed walking? <laughs> Where it's like, how do their hips survive such a thing? <laughs> Record pace. And they only do that for about 30 seconds before they um, start open sprint again. And then, what's the last one? But, but what if we're... Mm -mm, mm -mm, no exceptions. I love that last one. Let's look at... Um, and this is a little bit harder font to read, especially from a distance, but I'll read them to you. This is an amusement park. 
Always wear sunglasses to avoid getting burned. Always res no, avoid restricted areas. Even if you drop a personal item in a restricted area, ask an employee to retrieve it. Always keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all times. Don't wear loose clothing and always keep hair up as both can get caught in machinery. Obey all height, weight, restrictions on rides. Listen to your body. If you start to feel lightheaded or nauseous, take a break. Always use the buddy system to avoid getting lost. Never force anyone, especially children, to ride attractions they do not want to. You think that's for peers, siblings, or for parents? Isn't that interesting? I've never seen that until I googled it. Alert staff about any problems, that's why they're there. Stay hydrated and fueled. Remember to eat and drink throughout the day to make sure your body stays alert. I'm uh, one semester away from being 40. I might have to uh, amplify my vision. Uh, you see all those rules there? We, you know, when Katie and I were young, we lived close to Carowinds and parents would drop their kids off in the sixth grade at the gate and come back at five o'clock. Now, you might, uh, it, depending on what area you're in, you might think, oh, that's nothing. We left them out in the middle of a field, like with a gun all day, right? Or you might be on the other end and say, are you insane? What if they were harmed? That's the exact age my children are. I'm just letting them loose from 10 to five at Carowinds. But people did it. And I worked there. I watched people do it. You just, you get away from the restrictions of your classroom, the restrictions of your home, the restrictions of your church, and you think, oh, we can get loose here. And then they have all these rules because everyone's done what they've done, they've gotten in uh, trouble, and they don't want to have it. So courtesy protection order. The biblical version of this style of motivation is Leviticus. This is not on the screen. I want you to listen to it. There's going to be a test. You ready? When anyone presents a grain offering to the Lord, the offering must be of choice flour. They must pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. Then bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. A priest will take a handful of choice flour and oil along with all of its frankincense and will completely burn this token portion of the altar as a food gift, as a soothing smell to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons as the most holy portion from the Lord's food gifts. When you present a grain offering baked in an oven, it must be of choice flour, unleavened flatbread mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers spread with oil. If your offering is of grain prepared on a griddle, it must be of choice flour mixed with oil and must be unleavened. Crumble it into pieces and pour oil on it. It's a grain offering. If your offering is a grain prepared in a pan, it must be made of choice flour with oil. You will bring the grain offering made with one of these ways to the Lord, presenting it to the priest, who will then bring it to the altar. The priest will remove from the grain offering the token portion and completely burn it on the altar as a food gift of soothing smell to the Lord. What are y'all supposed to do? Did you remember? Biggest thing is it better be nice flour. It better be choice flour. And there's things I'm supposed to do. See, whenever we think, oh, I'm, I'm straight up traditionalist and I follow the rules and I follow what God says, whoa. You know what this really was? It was an effort to draw closer to God. We will pay close attention because it matters. The trouble with rules of paying close attention because it matters is the rules become the thing that people then worship. 
And then people start to look at how everyone is executing the rules. And then they say, your execution of the rules then dictates your inclusion in our group. You say, wait, you use what kind of flour? Oh my word, we're going to have to start a whole other denomination. Or you better start a whole other denomination. You go on what day? You do it for how many hours? And then a thing that's designed to draw people closer to God is a thing that pushes people away from God. Because those who enforce it the best are the closest to what God wants. And then you start to compete. And as soon as you start to compete, somebody's wrong. And it's not me. There's no way I'm wrong. So that means you're wrong. And if one of us is wrong, then one of us has got to go. And it's not me. You're the one that's going to have to go. Or, I can't put up with you people. You don't use choice flour. I'm out of here. So, thing designed to draw people closer. A thing designed to make people safe. Let's go to the opposite. Let's look at um, this bus rules list. Be respectful, be responsible, be safe. Doesn't that capture everything? Think a fourth grader gets that? Think a third grader gets that? Think a kindergartner gets that? Just be respectful, be responsible, be safe. We don't have to worry about a bunch of no's. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Just do those three things. The one time in my life I went to the principal's office was on the bus in elementary school. I had a retainer. I put it in a girl's face. She screamed. That was amazing. I put it closer to her face. And she screamed more. And I went to the principal's office and heard, uh, uh, you know, all you ever hear about there's the paddle or there's the paddle that has no holes in it. So it's aerodynamics. Like, what? Didn't break that out. I just had to sit in a seat. And I didn't like it. Never went again. Respect, responsibility, and safety. Biblical version of this style is Matthew 10, 25. This is on the screen. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? You know how troubling that question is? What do I have to do in order to earn it? And my motivation is eternal life, not the changing of this earth right now. Jesus replied, what's written in the law? How do you interpret it? Which is like the um, uh, jujitsu of theology. Using the energy and force of another person against, and say, what do you think? He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do we need a bunch of rules if we have that? I don't know. Depends on what motivates you. We don't need things about not harming anyone, not murdering anyone, not stealing anything, or many, many more that amplify that message if we simply have that. So that leads us to our text for today. Um, this, this is your next point. Flash forward. We're going to flash forward, way forward from Leviticus 2, and a little bit forward from Matthew 10. This is after the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is after Paul helped create a church in Rome. This is after he had to leave to go and create new churches. And now people are getting loose because they don't have a thousand rules. They don't have something that dictates every five minutes of their life. They simply have 
just love your neighbor and love your God with all you have. When they think, well, and there's no rule against whatever. Maybe it is friendly. Maybe it is loving my neighbor. So this is what Paul says to people who have gotten a little sideways. Romans 6, 1 through 5. So what are we to say? Should we continue sinning so grace will multiply? Absolutely not. All of us died to sin. How can we still live in it? Or don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried together with him through baptism into his death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too can walk in the newness of life. If we were united together in a death like his, we will also be united together in a resurrection like his. So your last phrase. The hope attached to freedom. See, if you, if you say, I'm not going to give you a thousand rules, I'm just going to hope that everything we've talked about to this point will be part of your decision-making process, which is to trust one another, to respect one another, to respect yourself, and to respect your teacher. He's saying, we died the death that Christ died. Hoping that the impediments that have stopped us from following God died just as Christ died. He says, we were risen as Christ was risen. With the hopes that the gifts that are, lie within us can um, thrive. The hope that's within us can help us serve. That we can be unified with Him. So he says, just because you don't have 5,000 rules doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. I want the freedom that you have. The hope that you have to translate into action in which you help other people, in which you help one another, in which you help the widow, in which you help the poor. Everything that we've done to establish this church, he says, is for you then to have the opportunity to serve. So that leads us to our special guest today. I'm going to invite Brett up and Kevin and Laurie Cummings. Brett and Casey have been members here before, served um, for many years, done everything on the, on the um, list. Then were um, moved to Flower Mound. And there at Treach United Methodist, did I pronounce that correctly? Treach United Methodist, they learned of a mission called the Honey Dudes. And Kevin is going to um, describe it for us as part of our mission as, um, this, this is sermon number 100. At sermon number 50, I said it's sermon number 50, and Bob said, how many more of these we're going to have to listen to? <laughs> that was so funny. You've heard me 99 times say, it ain't about the rules, it's about love. You're hearing me on this last one, this 100th one, saying, okay, we got it. We got love. Now it's about action. So Kevin's going to describe it for us. Good morning. Hear these words from James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Th these words will be the foundation of the Honey Dude's mission, uh, men's mission that we're starting here at Memorial. So what, what does that mean? And as Joe just described in his sermon, after I read this text, I went and looked and studied a little bit more. 
And I found uh, in my Bible where it says, when we give with no hope of receiving in return, we show what it means to serve others. Uh, we're, I'm honored to have Kevin Cummins, who I met at Treach uh, in Flower Mound, Texas. He's going to talk a little bit more about the Honey Dudes, uh, the impact that he's seen it have in the, the community there, and uh, give us some excitement of what we can look forward to here. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much, Brett. First, I want to say thanks to you guys. You invited me here. I know it was Brett, but it was your congregation that said, please come and tell us about the Honey Dudes. And we're real excited. And Joe, just so you know, people really do listen to the sermons. Um, oh, to be 40 again? <laughs> okay, and you didn't say it right. At the pool, it goes like this. Walk. <laughs> okay. So I had the opportunity to serve as chair of trustees at Treach. Treach is a mammoth church. Uh, we were in the process of going from 110,000 square feet to 144,000 square feet. I was wore out completely. Okay, I happened to read the Book of Disciplines because I have a problem sleeping at night and that was the cure. And it said after you serve three years, take a year off. Recharge your batteries. So that's what I was going to do. Right up until Russ Webb, a buddy of mine, walked up and said, Kevy, what are you doing now that you're not chairing trustees? I said, well, taking a year off, it's in the book of disciplines. It's, he's like, no, 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 Kevy, what are you going to do? You can't sit still. What are you going to do? And I was like, Russ, I'm burned out. I need a year. And he smacks me on the arm. Now, y'all don't know Russ, but Russ is a bodybuilder. And he almost topples me. <laughs> and I went, okay, okay, we're starting a new mission where we help widows. Really? And that was what started the Honey Dudes. Could not believe those words came out of my mouth. But it was a bunch of people that refined the process that really made this the mission it is. Pete Campbell said, Kevin, you're forgetting about all the military wives whose husbands are deployed. Our next door neighbor said, you have no idea what it's like to be a single mom. That's who we decided to serve. Widows and orphans. Mothers that are taking care, that are single mothers taking care of kids. I have the wonderful support of, of, of the boss back there, uh, Larry, and a lot of the folks that we serve, we don't know how it impacts them the second we're there serving them, but sometimes we do. I think they're going to pop up a, a photo, and I want to describe this photo just a little bit to you. Uh, you can't tell, but I'm actually kneeling in front of a lady, uh, a lady who called us and said, I know y'all don't move. But my, my daughter's gone through a terrible divorce and she's finally found her own place. Could you move a couple pieces of furniture and about 10 boxes? So while we were there, I could tell she was hurting. And this is not the, the, the part of me that I'm still developing. This is not the part of me that just runs rampant and, and does things like get all into people's business and you know, I'm gonna walk you through it, hold your hand. But I happen to know this family once we got there and we started talking. And I knelt down in front of her and I, I said a prayer with her. And with tears in both of our eyes, we both felt a connection, okay? And I get to let the other guys do all the loading of the furniture and the boxes and stuff. I didn't know about this photograph, okay? My son was with me. My son took this photograph and shared it with my wife. Why does that matter? I got to see it other times when a guy would take his third or fourth grade son with him and his son always knew dad goes to church, dad Bible studies. 
wow, this is the first time I've ever seen dad Bible doing, okay? The kid who took this picture, he's got over 200 hours in community service. Almost all of it's with the honey dudes. We found a way to reach out to our community, serve our community, but also keep our youth with us. Like most churches, we lose them about the time they start driving a car, and we don't get them until they come back with little ones, right? We've been able to engage the youth at our church. Uh, I, I jokingly say it's like cheating. I get to see a little bit of heaven every once in a while. When I see that little third grader or fourth grader looking at dad, so proud that his dad's out there helping somebody. I want you to know I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of what you're doing to step up and continue this mission. I want you to know that Treach is going to be praying for you. And I think I've gone over my time limit, so <laughs> we about there? <laughs> So I really look forward to hearing how you're doing. I'll, I'll check in with Brett. Uh, Laurie and I would love to come back uh, and see y'all again, mostly because we're gonna go visit the mountains again. That was beautiful. Anybody that's been in Texas for a little while knows. <laughs> uh, and if there's any questions, we'll be here after, after service, okay? Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, and thank you all again. I think uh, we're going to come around at the Sunday school hour, try to answer any questions. Kind of some of the next steps in the process is that we're going to be building a team of volunteers. Um, there will be more, that, more to come on that. Uh, we have already established an email address, uh, which is honeydudes at memorialgreer.com. Uh, that email will come directly to me, and then we'll, you know, dispatch a team for uh, the various calls that we get in the community and, and in the church. So, uh, be more information coming by. But thank you for listening today, and we we appreciate your time. I did forget one thing with with the prayers and the thoughts and checking in on y'all. We we wanted to start y'all with a little kitty of money, <laughs> okay, to get you the ball rolling. Okay. Well, thank thank you guys, and thank you, Treach. We appreciate it. There's several things that are cool about that. Um, I've heard for about two years that our men aren't as involved. They come to a lot of things. They volunteer in a lot of things. They say, we got, we got to get our men involved. And um, as soon as Brett said that, it seemed like the, an excellent way for men to be involved in action. Uh, Kevin, we appreciate that. We're thankful for your generosity. Another thing that's cool is two years ago, we were just trying to make it. We're just, just trying to have enough money to make it. Um, for the last 12 months, for various reasons, we've tried to put together a staff. That's done. If you look in the extravagant generosity section of your bulletin, you'll see that we're thriving. And the significance of that is not to say, all right, cool, we're thriving. Now we can just stay in here. I think we're set. The significance is to go out then. And um, you'll see, as part of the risk-taking mission and service section in your bulletin every week, that email, uh, the honeydudes at uh, memorialgreer.com. If you'll encourage people to write to that, it, it's not there this morning, but it will be there next week. Um, you, if you encourage people to write to that, then Brett will get it, and then we'll um, make sure that we uh, send some guys out and get men in um, uh, very local mission in the church. Um, you talked about Sakahatchee today. Daryl's talked about Redbirth, far off uh, so we're trying to have um, great layers of mission and service in the community. Uh, so thank you all so much. It's now time uh, for you to stand and join me in the affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, 
whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. You'll see as the plate comes by, we have the traditional way for you to give, and also in the bulletin section, you'll see how to give uh, electronically.
Please stand and sing this last one with us. Girl. 
Great week.